Before we get started with this Masters edition of the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast, let me talk to you about mybookie.ag. It's the site we use to give our betting odds for the picks to win. They have top 20s, they have T5s, all the great stuff, first-round leaders that you're looking for for your PGA bets. And when you use promo code BENCHED when you check out, you get a 50% first-time deposit bonus. It's up to $1,000. It's awesome. Mybookie.ag, they have all the sports, they have politics, entertainment, you name it, they got it. And they got just what you need when you um, making your PGA bets. Use promo code Bench for a fifty percent first time deposit bonus up to a thousand dollars. Deposit hundred bucks, get a free fifty, five hundred free two fifty, so on and so forth. Also, go check out Drafts in your app store, Draft.com for a great way to play daily fantasy sports, snake style drafts, just the way you like them. They have auction style drafts, best ball drafts, depending on your sports. But for the Masters week. They got PGA year-round, but check it out for the Masters Week. It is a great, great tool. So Draft.com, draft in your app store. Promo code SD Sports will get you into a free $3 turnover of your choice when you make your first deposit. So Draft.com, draft in your app store. Promo code SD Sports. Last but not least, if you can leave a rating and review on iTunes, much, much appreciated. It would help Jesse and I move up the rankings so more and more people could give it a listen. But for now, check out the always-pressing PGA DFS podcast previewing the 2019 Masters. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing pga dfs podcast previewing the one the only the masters hello friends as we embark on this great journey between myself jesse and a special guest you can find him on twitter at kevin's delight kevin how are you doing my friend i'm doing great guys how y'all doing tonight great great jesse how you doing my friend doing great dude masters week let's fucking go yes it's a big big week that's why we had to bring one of the big guns out the creator the innovator, the mind behind Junkies Contest, Junkies Delight, all that's great stuff. So we've had Kevin on a couple of years ago to help Jesse and myself and Sheridan at the time preview the Masters. And we thought it would be great to bring Kevin back on as he's visited there many, many times. He'll be, I believe he's going again this season. But before we get into the Masters, let's quickly, real quickly, talk about the thing called the Valero Texas Open, where Corey Connors took it down, being the 87th member of the Masters this week. Any thoughts on this past week's tournament, Jesse? Yeah, dude, that was awesome. So he Monday qualifies, um, and it's the first time I think a Monday qualifier has won in like 10 years. Um, he, he only made like four out of 12 cuts this year and kind of struggled since the fall season. But, I mean, that's what golf is such a great sport is because, you know, a guy like Corey Connors can win um an event like the texas open and uh basically make his his whole career and uh alleviate a lot of stress from his life and um get into the masters this week which is just i'm sure going to be completely awesome for him but uh he had a hell of a round man he shot uh, uh 600 today and only had four pars um it, it was quite a show and and they you know he took down some some decent names there charlie hoffman who's, who's played really well around there ryan moore another guy who's played really ra- well around uh San Antonio there, and of course, Siwoo kind of faltered a little bit today, but uh, happy for Corey Connors, man. It's pretty awesome to see. 
And nothing like a Canuck winning a tournament to get into the Masters. That's always a good thing. Uh, Kevin, any takeaways from the Valero Texas Open? That uh, that front nine from Corey Connors, it was something special, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesse and I were talking about that before the, the podcast. I'm like, holy crap, so I didn't get to see any of it, but wow, that is special. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I didn't get a chance to watch much. We were pretty busy at work this weekend, and uh, 333 golfers in two days at the club. So it was it was game on for us. But it was it was a great weekend, and uh, always a uh, a good week leading up to the Masters. I just I wish the uh, the shell was still going on because that was always such a cool event the week before. I agree with you on that. Like it was fun to watch the Shell Houston Open and the way they set that golf course up. And this this year they tried, I think, some to set uh, TPC San Antonio up, like like they would like some conditions they would see at the Masters, but it's just it's not the same. No, it's not. And it was pretty crazy with uh they got like I think an inch and a half of rain this morning and it still played pretty plush, pretty nice. The greens were still rolling at almost what eleven and a half or twelve on the stamp, and these boys were out there making their shots, shooter shoot as they say. So it's pretty good, but uh, yeah, the big boys that were leading coming into the round, most of them faltered, and Corey Connors took advantage of it. And it is good to see a guy that you know Monday qualifier, and we've seen him make his runs in kind of smaller field events, uh, kind of fall events that aren't over in Asia, and he got it done this week. So it's pretty cool to see he'll make his appearance at the Masters next week, and again, the 87th member of that event. Let's move on to said Masters, the the granddaddy of them all. If we were talking about you know football terms, but with 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 golf. The Masters, the Azaleas, everything you want to hear. I'm not going to go Jim Nance on you guys. But uh, it is a, a great, great experience and a great, great event. Um, 87 golfers now. Uh, top 50 in ties make the cut unless you're within 10 strokes. Then it varies, but that's the initial idea. Top 50 in ties. Uh, Jesse, why don't you give us some past event history on the Masters? Yeah, so obviously Kevin will go a little bit further into detail about the actual golf course, but it's played at Augusta National Golf Court, Golf Club. In uh in Augusta, Georgia, every year since 1934. Um, last year, um, I'm sure most people will remember Patrick Reed, uh, one by one shot over Ricky Fowler. Um, the year before that, Sergio won in a playoff over Justin Rose. Danny Willett was the 2016 champion after Jordan Spieth put two in the water on 12. Um, and he won by three shots over uh, Spieth and and Westwood. And then 2015 was Jordan Spieth's year. Bubba's won this event twice. Uh, Phil's won it three times. Tiger's won it four times. Um, it's a lot of history, and it's just, in my opinion, the best golf tournament in the world. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Kevin, uh, you've been to this course many times. I know Jesse's been there as well, but Kevin's uh, a regular at this venue. And aren't you going again this year? Yeah, I'll definitely be going down at least Friday. If I can sink down early in the week, I will, but definitely plan on being down there for Friday. I've probably been awesome. uh, five, or, yeah, five or six times now. and. Uh, Oddly, I've never been to a tournament round. I've always gone Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday just because I enjoy the practice rounds and then watching the tournament from home or with some buddies. But uh, do look forward to getting down there Friday. Awesome, awesome. Why don't you give us a, a course preview? I know before you've gone hole by hole, give us as much or as little as you want. But basically, what do people need to know about Augusta? Yeah, it's a, it's a special place, obviously. Um, it's, a, it's a big ballpark. Um, but you don't have to be a big hitter. Obviously, you've seen players like Zach Johnson win it in the past, never going for a par five, laying up and, and hitting wedges for his third shot. Um, not extremely demanding off the tee. There's really only really only four tough driving holes, in my opinion. Um, one, five will be different this year. You know, they've added 30 to 40 yards to that tee box in the back, so that's going to be a big change for a lot of these guys. Uh, number 11, obviously, is a pretty tough tee ball. 
Um, and seven is tight. Seven is not overly difficult. And then uh, 18 coming down the stretch can be tough at times, but not overly demanding off the tee. Um, par fives, the four par fives rank as the four easiest holes in the golf course. So it's a, it's a big deal to make sure that um, these guys are, are playing the par fives well because you know that the winner of the, of the Masters this year is probably going to play the par fives well under par. Nice, nice. Um, do you take any consideration into, I know they talk about it a lot and you've seen it out there, there's not a ton of rust, but there's all the pine straw and other kind of like there's water that comes into play, bunkers that come into play. Is there anything that kind of stands out when you walk around that course that, you know, some golfers might fare better at than others? You know, it's one of those things that um, you don't have to be an overly great driver of the ball. I mean, Phil Mickelson won around that place carrying two drivers. Um, how, how crazy it to be to, to show up at a, a, a tournament, let alone the Masters, with two drivers in your bag? Um, you know, Spieth at times can, can be fairly good off the tee. He's, he's struggling now, but um, he doesn't have to drive it great this week to contend. Um, so, it, it, you know, it, it, it's crazy that um, play a course like Augusta that is um, as well-known as it is and don't have to be spectacular off the tee. That's awesome. Um, some weather we need to look at. It's, it's kind of the talk of the town on all those people that recorded stuff over a week ago when they thought it was going to be nice and beautiful. Weather has changed. There's chances of rain here or there, but it looks like it should stay clear for the tournament rounds. But one thing to kind of keep in mind is it's going to be very cloudy. It's going to still be in the low 80s. So temperatures will be nice, but it's going to be windy. They're talking 10 to 15 miles an hour wind. And, you know, where I live in the afternoon, it's much windier than that. But for the the, the likes of Augusta, it's not too bad. Um, or it's, it's a big difference for Augusta. For what you guys have seen out there, Kevin, uh, if it does get windy out there, how do you think that kind of affects uh, what they're going to do, like how you have to play the course differently? Well, it typically doesn't make uh... – the board at Augusta set the course any different. You know, they, they have their traditional pins, and um, I wouldn't imagine that, that Augusta was set much different. Um, you know, having the sub bears out there, they kind of control the uh, the firmness and the pace of the green, so that's always fairly consistent. So um, wind-wise, you know, it, it doesn't play a huge factor out there other than maybe when you get to Amen Corner where, where guys always seem to struggle, you know, hitting their second shot into 11, uh, the tee ball in 12. And then sometimes the approach shot in the 13, whether the guys are going for it in two, if they're laying up, it's no big deal because they're hitting a wedge for their third. But that kind of strike there has the most effect when it comes to wind. Other than that, the wind doesn't really affect that place too much. Okay, sweet. That's good to know because it seems to be the talk of the town. It does kind of sit down in a bowl. Like if you've ever been there, like it's, it's, it's really hilly. Like the television does not do it justice. And so it's, like what Kevin said, like it can be shielded pretty good from the wind. Um, one thing to consider too, is, you know, everybody does go off of one here and it's just a straight shot basically from the morning to the last guy goes off, um, in the afternoon. So, I mean, there could be some splits or there's somebody gets a little bit of a better wind advantage. It's something to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Um, good old Amen corner, as you mentioned, uh, we're, when we're talking about the, the type of course we're playing and it's, Unlike other majors, this is the same course year after year after year. Course history will be humongous at this location. But, uh, Jesse, what kind of key stats are you going to be targeting when it comes to the Masters? Yeah, I mean, this is uh, – like you said, course history is massive here. The the, the greens are so difficult. Um, 
that having a lot of previous knowledge about the course and the way things break and it, it, it helps immensely. So I, I do, I will wait, you know, how guys have played here in the past quite a bit. Um, other than that, greens and regulation, like I usually, you know, use, um, I will be looking at some other kind of s- more specialized, uh, stats as well. Um, if you will, I mean, shot screen approach is kind of goes along with greens and regulation, but like three putt avoidance. Um, I want guys who, who are good lag putters for the most part. Um, and then correct me if I'm wrong here, Kevin, but you want to try to avoid driving it left on most of the holes, correct? Uh, let's see. One, you don't, you want to drive it anywhere but the fairway. Two, left, there's a, there's a hazard to left. Three is not such a big deal. Five left is no good whatsoever. Seven is just a straight hole. Eight doesn't matter too much. Um, nine um, is a fairly easy drive. Um, really, for the most part, you know, if, if you're going to miss it, I think you're right. Missing it right doesn't hurt you at Augusta. Yeah, I mean, it's it, if you look at the holes, if you go over them, there's there's more right to left dog legs out there, but also too, there's just less trouble on the right hand side, and you can you'll have a better shot of getting it closer to the green or on the green if you do miss it left. So I'm throwing a little bit of uh, drive left avoid into the stats this week, uh, you know, to go along with some of those other ones that I just mentioned. But uh, the problem, the other, the other issue here is you don't have a whole lot of, you don't have any strokes gain stats that are released by Augusta national. So looking at course history that way is a little bit more difficult. Um, but anyways, it's either way, you know, you're still looking at guys who hit it on the green and, and who are able to, you know, avoid making the big number pretty much. Interesting. Uh, Kevin, what stats are you looking for this week? Uh, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but par five scoring is a big deal to me. Um, I think it's so important for those guys to take advantage of the par fives when they can. Um, there's not a ton of birdie opportunities out there other than the par fives, so making sure that they take advantage of those when they can. Um, obviously, bogey avoidance is, is pretty big to me. Um, stroke scheme putting, three putting avoidance is a big one too. Um, so many opportunities for those guys to three putt out there. And, and like Jesse said, there's a reason why uh, first-timers typically don't win at Augusta. It doesn't happen very often. Uh, it, it's so hard to figure that place out. And, and to, to qualify for the Masters and go down there and play a, p- a few practice rounds is one thing. But come game time Thursday, it's, it's a whole different ball game. And, and so if they don't have much of the experience down there, it tends not to, not to help these guys too much. That's why a guy like Fina, what he did last year finishing T10 was pretty damn impressive, a first-timer there. But it is true. Like, you don't see many first-timers do well here. Um, listening to Jordan Spieth talk about it on No Laying Up recently, it's it's such a, a course where you, you need to learn the greens. The, the books you buy at the pro shop, like you guys probably have at your course, Kevin, and other places, is they give you kind of the undulations of the green. They tell you where it's sloping. Augusta doesn't do that for you, so it's just constant repetition on the greens and making it work. So. Uh, and, and the speeds are crazy, like Phil Mickelson posting stuff where he, he had his greens at his house mode, similar to the Masters at 15-6. I don't know if they're 15-6 at Augusta, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, he shows it's just such a different animal when it comes to Augusta and the greens, the layout, the, the kind of shot makers. That's why guys like Bubba somehow does well there. you got to have kind of a, a creative mind if you're not just like lacing it straight all day long. So it does become very, very interesting there. But I think par five of, uh, scoring is very big. And just, just like, be a good two-putter. I'll take that. Like, par is not a horrible score on some of these holes at the Masters. Get through to the weekend and see what happens. So, 
um, it will be very, very interesting to see how that all plays out. All right, a little fan share sports before we get into the DraftKings uh, nuggets here. And I'm not going to go too deep. I usually go like past event history and all that stuff, but in uh, course, course form and current form and all that. But all I'm going to do is we have information going back to, I believe, 2015 from the Masters on fan share sports on DraftKings. And I'm just going to give you the top guys in this field scoring-wise. Jordan Smith runs away with it. He's averaging 103 DraftKings points per round since 2015. The second-place guy is averaging 89 DraftKings points, and that is Justin Rose. But then it's DJ, Rory, John Rahm, Casey, Finau, Matsuyama, Charlie Hoffman, and Fowler. One thing those guys all have in common, some of the top players in the world. So I think it kind of correlates on, you know, the best of the best usually show up here. They're not first-timers, obviously. They play well, but Spieth, you know, we're going to talk about him a lot probably on this show, and he's talked about everywhere. He's the guy here. Like, his, his course history here is phenomenal. DJs, like all those guys we mentioned, play great here. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. His speed's not coming in the best form. But like I said, that interview I listened to, he knows that he can come to Augusta and, and play great just because of how much he likes the course, how much he knows the golf course. All right, let's get into the DraftKings, the stuff everybody wants to know about. It's a loaded, loaded 87-man field. We have six guys over 10K. You got McElroy at 11-6, DJ at 11-3. Rose at 10-8, Woods at 10-5, JT at 10-2, Rom at 10,000. As the guest, Kevin, I'll let you have the first crack of that. Who are you looking at at 10,000 and above? Gosh, it, it's so loaded, isn't it? Yeah, it's I crazy. Mean, you can't go wrong. And um, I said early in the year, my, my pick to win the Masters this year was Justin Rose. Um, and I think I, my guess is he'd probably be a little under I, I I love Rory. Um, I love DJ. Um, out, of, out of this group here from 10,000 above, I, I tend to shy away from John Rom. Um, and, and the rest of the guys, I know it's it's still early, um, but if I were to pick one of those guys right now, I'd go Rosie. I think ownership might be a, lower, a little lower than the rest. And uh, I think at that price, I'd much rather have Rose over, over Tiger and, and, uh, and Rom for sure. If I wasn't playing Rose, I, I'd prefer to take Rory over DJ at this point. I like it. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty much the the same. Like Rory is top of everything I look at. Um, DJ's second, so I mean, it's like you know, splitting hairs between those two. They both have you know the course history to back up their form coming in as well. Um, Dustin Johnson's tenth, fourth, and sixth in his last three appearances here. Of course, 2017, he fell down some steps. Um, a tragic accident. A yeah, tragic somehow. Accident. <laughs> Nobody yeah. really knows what happened there. Um, I mean, and, and Rory has been in contention here a bunch. Uh, typically, you know, the guy who is priced highest here will be the one of the lower formed of the of the bunch up top. So it'll be interesting to see where Rory comes in. He's already got a lot of buzz on Fanshare, so I, I don't see him kind of – other than the fact that he's got the highest price going under him. I do like Rory quite a bit. I think Rose is a great pick as well, 10800 He was the chalk of the chalk last year here. He was over 30% owned, but he was – $9,200, and his his finishes here include two seconds in his last four appearances, coupled in with a 10th and a 12th. I mean, he's he's got the the knowledge to get around this place really well, and his form coming in is is good enough. Um, throw out the miscut in Saudi, I'm not really worried about that. Didn't play well at the Arnold Palmer, but eighth at the at the Players' Championship. Uh, and I do like Rom. Um, you know, he did finish fourth here last year. He might be kind of the sneaky play if you want to call anybody up here sneaky. I don't know. You know, sixth at the Valspar, 12th at the Players' Championship. 
Um, like I said, fourth here last year. I'm not a big fan of Justin Thomas. I was huge on him last year. I thought he was going to be sneaky. He played like shit. Finished 17th. It's to me that's shit for somebody as good as he is. And coming in, he's just not, I'm not really feeling it. Tiger, I don't know, man. I just, it's hard for me to ever get behind Tiger on DK, especially at that price tag. That's just a massive price tag for Tiger. Yeah, it's tough for Tiger at that price point. And we already know the ownership he'll bring just because of all the, the common players they're going to want to play against the Masters. They're all going to load up on Tiger. So it's, it's tough to do. For me, it's, um, you know, you look at DJ and his course history minus the, uh, the slip down the stairs. He plays really, really well here. Like, he loves this course. Wind's not going to stop him. Like, he can play really great here. I think John Rahm is super sneaky here just for the fact, you know, fourth place last year in his second year here. He's been playing in really good form. I don't mind him. But the guy I like, I'm with I'm with you, Kevin, and a little with you, Jesse, is Justin Rose. This guy has circled up here all along, coming in in really good form. And he's made all 13 cuts here, five top tens, a 12th, a second, a 10th, a second, a 14th the last five years at this event. So Rosie really does like this a lot. And, you know, if it does, if the weather does get kind of nasty, it's not going to stop uh, Justin Rose from putting a, a nice round together. So I, I like him quite a bit up here at 10, eight. And if you're coming up here and we'll kind of talk some roster construction at the end, but uh, he's the guy I'd be looking at to uh, sneak away up top. Yeah. If that trend holds, he's due for another second place finish. Yeah. yeah. That would, that would be, outstanding. <laughs> That's it. you know, hashtag sports betting trends. This is the way it goes. So uh, yeah, I, I'm all for it. Uh, he's coming in good form with those, with those clubs here. So those uh, Asian clubs are, are, are a mighty good thing, apparently. The all right. Hummus. Hummus. Yeah. Have you have you played those at all, Kevin? I have not, no. <laughs> okay. Just thought I'd He's add. team Tideless, dude. We know this. Oh, I know. I, that doesn't mean you can't try them. Tideless truther. <laughs> I know. And I'm a Callaway guy, so this is going to be an interesting podcast. No, <laughs> but uh, all right. Let's get to the 9K range here. We got Ricky Fowler on his big finish last year at the – at the Masters, a decent uh, showing of late on tour at 9,700. You got Skinny Brooks at 95, Bryson DeChambeau at 93, Fleetwood at 92, Jason Day at 91, Paul Casey at $9,000. Jesse, what are you looking at here? Um, so, I'm, man, I'm, I never get behind Ricky, especially on DraftKings. Um, you know, he, he had a really good weekend last year, so he put two really good rounds together to finish second place. Um, I think that will inflate his ownership. And I just always, uh, for whatever reason, I always like to bet the other side of Ricky. So I'll, I'll take that. I'm, I'll probably won't play much if I play any of him. I do think he will be super popular up here, though. So that's the only reason I'm mentioning him is is I do think that he will garner a lot of ownership just because, again, the, the whole Tiger, the reason Tiger gets – Tiger's a big name. Ricky's a big name, whether he wins or not. A lot of people like him and like to play him. So um just wanted to mention that but the two guys here that in, in this region for me are tommy fleetwood and paul casey just two of the best ball strikers in the world um and if they can get the flat stick going a little bit i really like their chances this week um tommy you know was 17th last year miscut the year before uh coming off a fifth of the players championship where he was in contention until a final round sunday so i'm hoping that he can maybe be four or five shots back coming into sunday and then go out there and post a six, seven hundred, you know, par round and put some pressure on the leaders and potentially, you know, get into a playoff or something along those lines. And then, I mean, I, I Paul Casey, I don't really have to explain my love for him. 15th, 6th, 4th, and 6th the last four years at Augusta. Uh, pretty phenomenal coming off the win at the Valspar. Um, give me all the Paul Casey at $9,000. Yep, that's nice and cheap. Kevin, what do you like in this 9K range? Yeah, I hate to admit it. I'm not a Casey guy whatsoever, but he, he, uh, 
he definitely jumps out in that range right there to me. Um, you know, he's he's in good form. He had a heck of a start to the year, both at Pebble and, and winning at Valspar again. Um, and and give I like Ricky in a putting contest. I mean, the guy is so good on the greens. If, if he's hitting greens, you know, he, he is damn good with that flat stick. I know his price is inflated and, and whatever, but, man, he uh, – He's he's so good down there. Um, I, I do like Fleetwood. I, I I can't see myself being on Bryson whatsoever down there. Um, I don't know what he's uh, he's done there in the past, but uh, it doesn't seem like a place that he'd be all that great around. I guess tied thirty eighth in twenty eighteen, tied twenty first in twenty sixteen. But he he's not a guy that I have any interest in owning this week. Um, so he'll probably do really well. <laughs> um, and. and I'd love to. I'd love to back Jason. Gosh, he's so hard to. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys seen the stuff that girl yesterday that won uh, had migraines and and people were giving Jason Day a hard time saying he would have withdrew. Um, but man, I I think if he uh, if he gets off to a decent start, he'll be uh, he'll be pretty good to own. So I might have a little bit of him um, in some tournaments. Obviously, in in some of the bigger tournaments that I play, I, I won't roster him i don't think but I'll, I'll definitely have him in some of the multi-entry tournaments yeah he's probably the like the the lowest owned of that whole entire bunch too just because of his back people don't like him they're still jaded by you know his wd a couple weeks ago so it's probably yeah, not a bad I'll, gpp I'll, play yeah yeah day day's always a good gpp play because he's gonna go low owned he's got the upside to win any tournament he walks into just a matter of, of where he's gonna be but uh I'm with you. Bryson's going to be interesting because everyone is talking about if any guy can figure a core shot like this, it's Bryson DeChambeau. Well, he hasn't done it yet, so let's just wait and see. But uh, it could be Bryson time. For me, I'm looking at guys like Ricky Fowler. I'm with you, Kev. Um, putting contest, he's played really well here. I know he had a great couple of rounds last year, but still, before last year's second, a T11, he had to have a missed cut, and then a T12 and a T5. So he's played really, really well uh, at Augusta. And the more you get to know it, we talk about it over and over again. Wouldn't shock me if we see Ricky there. Now, when we look at fan share come Wednesday night, if he's super chalky, it's going to be tough to make it happen there. But if I feel comfortable pivoting somewhere else to, to lower my chalkage-ness, I could go to Fowler. But to Odin Fowler, I do like Casey quite a bit. That, that 9K price point with the form he's coming in with, with his history at this course, it's really, really tough to pass up a guy like, like Paul Casey at $9,000. So uh, Ricky and, and Casey are two that I'm really looking at here. I always have a soft spot for Tommy Fleetwood, but – It'll kind of have to depend on ownership-wise, but for now it'd be Casey and Fleetwood for me. Man, ch- chalkiness, that's a hell of a word. Where'd you come up with that? Well, when you do about thousands of podcasts per month, <laughs> per year, you, you you start just spewing shit out of your mouth. It's, it's, it's pretty unbelievable what I can come up with. You'd be surprised. I can't believe yeah. you've never heard of chalkiness. What are you, what are you uh, doing, no, Kevin? Thought, you listen more some, some more podcasts, man. I thought I heard chalkiness, E-D. No, 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 chalkiness. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of chalkiness. I was thinking, okay. what the hell is No, it's just, it's just my California <laughs> slang. I apologize. It's a, you know, I'm a little sunburned today from playing golf, so it's, a, it's just oh, it's, it's gone to my head. But, like uh, you <laughs> it's very tough. It is. I tell you what. Um, let's go to the 8K range where there's going to be a lot of tough hey, decisions. Brother, one, one thing I yeah. want to say on this, when you look at this range, I think one thing you have to do is you have to look at these guys and – who could you see of this group putting on the green jacket? You know, you, you look at Ricky, you know, he, he's going to win a major at some point. But gosh, when he just chokes it away at Phoenix and finds a way to hold on, I mean, can you imagine him coming down the stretch having to make a couple birdies or a couple pars to, to put on that green jacket? 
Yeah. Well, that's why he did so well last year. He's coming from behind. Like if he yeah. come, like, like like what Jesse said about Fleetwood. If he's not leading going into Sunday, they have a shot. <laughs> it's yeah. Paul Casey yeah. syndrome. Yeah, you, you don't want Ricky in the last group. You want him in the second or third or last group and and one or two shots back as a playing with a two shot lead. For sure, for sure. All right, let's go to that eight K range where it's gonna get fun. Let's let the discussion begin. Jordan Spieth is eighty nine hundred dollars. Bubba Watson, 88. Matsuyama, 87. Molly, my boy, at 86. Xander at 85. Scott at 84. Philly at 83. Finau at 82. Usti at 81. And the defending Masters champion, Taco Tits himself, Fat Pat Reed, $8,000. Kevin, what do you like in the 8K range? <laughs> well, it's hard to imagine that uh, Augusta is a place that would get your game right, but I do feel like it would be a good week to play some Jordan Spieth. Um, like I said earlier, you don't have to drive it spectacular off the tee. I know his his putter's been a little bit balky at times, but man, I just feel like he he knows that place so well. I mean, his history and and you guys know me. I'm a big course history truther, and and you know how it is. Even if your game sucks, but you go play a golf course that you really enjoy in a place that you've had some success on in the past, it's hard to play bad golf. And I think uh, I think people need to really take that into consideration when they're looking at this range. I mean. Third, tied 11, second, first, and second. <laughs> give, give me Jordan Spieth in this range. Um, and it, it's not even close. I, I think uh, Chesco is going to be so high-owned, it's going to be hard to play him all over the place. Um, I do like Adam Scott quite a bit in this range, um, assuming he shows up with just one putter this week. That's the question. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, you just don't know, but – as good of a driver the golf ball is and as well as he strikes it with his irons, uh, he's always going to put himself in, in a chance to make birdie or, or, um, or a good chance to make a lot of pars. And, and I do like that, Adam Scott. So if I had to pick two guys out of this range, give me Spieth and Scott. I like it. Where are you looking at here, Jesse? This range, this range is really, really fun. Like you can just make some teams out of this range and, It'll be interesting to see. I think there'll be some chalk, some major chalk in this range. I do, I do agree with your Molly take as far as him being chalky. I'm not going to be on him this week. His course history is okay, um, but I do think that he he garners for me anyways a, an ownership fade and just you know if he burns you, he burns you kind of thing. Um, it's I mean I it, I don't know what else you say about Jordan Spieth. You know, obviously he played decently well this past week at the Texas Open and. Um, he didn't have a very good weekend, and that might be good in that it doesn't drive up his ownership as much. Um, I will play some Jordan Spieth. Um, it, it just like, I'm a course history truther as well, and at, for whatever reason, it's just he becomes magical when he gets on the grounds there at Augusta. Bubba is very playable, 8,800, two-time winner here. Hideki is super interesting, 8,700. Um, 19th, 11th, 7th, and 5th in his last four appearances at Augusta National Golf Club. Golf club, eighth coming off of uh, the Players' Championship there. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't mind him at 8,700. Um, I don't know about Finau. I'm, I'm, he, he's not shown me much this year to really play him. And then another course history guy is Louis Ustazen. Um I mean, it's not spectacular, 12th, 41st, 15th, and 19th. Um, but he's played well around here. And, and, you know, if he gets a top 15, he'll pay off very easily. And, uh, most people again don't like to play him kind of like Jason Day. He withdraws and gets hurt quite a bit. And but at, at Augusta, he I don't really worry about that with him at all. Yeah, no, we're all on the gotta, same. Gotta pack, that, gotta pack that Tempur Pedic bed, right? 
Well, surely he's, he's I'm, I'm sure he's renting a house down there that has like one of the most luxurious beds there is. Yeah, yeah he's, never, so. he's never had an issue there. So the one thing about Hideki, he's he's just like Adam Scott. He's a terrible putter of the golf ball. So in, in my opinion, if you're going to spend 8700 on Hideki, I just go down and play Adam Scott. But um, it, their games to me are pretty, pretty damn similar. I agree. No, I agree hundred percent on, on that. If, if Hideki gets the putter going though, he'll like, he will, I think easily top 10 Adam yeah. Scott, like literally I need to know what putter he's using. And if he's planning on using three or five or whatever he's, you know, if he's planning on using a wedge on the green, whatever he's planning on doing, I need to know that before I roster him. And I'm with you on Moley, you know, um, 2014 50th, 2017 tied 33rd and, 2018 tied 20th and you've got to remember in the masters you, you can take the 87 player field or 82 player field and just cut off the low 30 they, they aren't even in the tournament now. so his finishes really aren't that spectacular here right well and and in this if you're gonna if you're going to win a massive gpp you almost have to have all your guys in the top 10 sure yeah no doubt about it one thing i'll say and this might be me and my mollyisms coming out here but uh this is a different Molinari than the previous. Oh Masters. yeah, I this forgot is... we were bashing your boy. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he's playing. He, I, he's playing Callaway shit now, so of course you love him. I wish we were still <laughs> on camera here because you guys would see my my just sitting there like wanting to yell at something. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> I, I get it. I get what you guys are saying. I'm I'm on board with you here. Like Spieth, you know, he's been no worse than uh, 11th place in his five events. Here. He's been third or better in four of his five trips here. Like we're all course history guys. That's pretty damn impressive. Um, you know, Matsuyama and Scott, I like that argument you built there, Kevin, to kind of start the discussion because they're both really good strikers of the golf ball. We just don't know how they putt. Like for me, I feel maybe I'm just jaded because of what Scott's done to us at, at certain times throughout the year. Then there's other times he's like, you know, T12, miscut, T7, T61, second place. That's his five, his last five tournaments on tour. That's outstanding. Um, and, and you look at Matsuyama, he's been 19th or better in four straight years. So it's kind of at, at Augusta. So it's kind of tough to see where it all plays out. And I think this 8K range, like if you want to go chalkier up top or in some other spot, this 8K range, you could literally play the ownership game here. You could go to FanShare, you can go to Fantasy National, whatever you're using for your ownership projections. I think it's a good way you could pivot because there's a lot of similarities in these players um, that, that could really help you differentiate your lineups where we've talked about it before. You don't have to be unique in your entire lineup. You've got to be unique one or two places. Sometimes just one place and that'll win you the whole thing. So one or two places to be unique, and you can make it right here in the AK range. So you don't have to get super crazy in the the crappy six Ks or whatever. Because like you mentioned, you can knock off thirty plus golfers by out the gate here. So I think this is an interesting interesting spot. Like so, I'm looking at Spieth, Hideki, Scott, and Molly. Those are the four I'm looking at. Obviously, we want to talk uh, ownership when we get there. Before we move on to this eight K range, though, let's just do a quick fire here. Kevin, what do you think Spieth's ownership will be? Oh gosh, um, uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he's you know somewhere between fifteen and twenty percent in most tournaments. What about you, Jesse? Uh, yeah, I would. I would say that's it's so tough because like the course history is so good, but the recent form is so bad. Um, I mean, last year he was ten thousand four hundred, and he was on average twenty. Point one or t- almost twenty one percent owned, um, so 
I would say it'll be north of 20 again. So, but yeah, again, below 30. So in that, it's in that 20 range somewhere. Yeah, I'm with you. I think he's going to be over 20% owned. All right, let's jump into the 7K range where, you know, it's going to be a little more crowded, but still in a loaded field like this is Banana Land. You got Kucher, Leishman, Cantley, Sergio Garcia, Stenson Poulter, Woodland, RCB, Simpson, Cam Smith, Fitzpatrick, and so many more. I'm not going to name them all, but a, a loaded field where you can get a lot, a lot going on here. Kucher might be the chalk, but Kevin, where are you looking in the 7K range with all the different options you have here? Yeah, I do like Cooch. You know, the only issue with him is he catches. When's the last time he took a week off? You know, he played match play. You know, he played this week. I think he played the week before match play. Um, so I, I don't know if that's too much golf for him. His his course history is pretty darn good. They tied four in 2017, tied five in 2014. Um, a couple of other top 28, 24. You know, I do like Cooch. Not a big Leishman guy this week. Um, everyone else can have Cantley. I, I won't play any Cantley whatsoever. Um, Sergio is always interesting to me at Augusta. He's um, obviously drives it straight and, and hits the irons. Another one of those guys, kind of like Adam Scott, Hideki, if, if they can get the putter rolling, then, then maybe they can tend. Um, don't know if it's, it's a great play or not this week. I do think Stenson's fairly interesting. Um, He's uh he's had some pretty good success when his game's good. He tied fifth last year, twenty fourth in twenty sixteen. Did miss the cut in twenty seventeen, but I do like Stenson. Um, I do really like Ian Poulter. Um, I'll have a bunch of Poulter. Um, you know, his his game's good, and uh, I think he's a a player you don't want to pass on this week. I'll have zero Woodland. Um, terrible course history, and I, I just don't think. Uh, um, He's much of a great player for Augusta. But of the $7,000 range, that's where I'll stay. I, I won't dip much into the lower half and maybe play some sneds. Um, but other than that, going down the list, I won't play any Billy Ho um, <laughs> for a long time. The guy's just – He burned us, Jeff. He burned us. He's tough to root for. Even though my, my one and done this week was uh, Cooch. You smart man. Mine was Billy Ho, and that burned my ass. <laughs> well, I'm sure you at least enjoyed watching him uh, make an idiot of himself on NBC Gold uh, early coverage. It was uh, quite interesting to to hear that guy whine a bunch. Yeah, he's um, a spe- special at, breed. At the low end of seven thousand, I will have a bunch of Charles Howell. Um, yep. I I hate saying this because I, I always uh, thought it was foolish to have this stuff but in my model <laughs> he's done <laughs> welcome to the computer world kevin on my yellow notepad i've got him ranked 10th and uh um i i do like playing some chucky three sticks this week we we always embrace chucky three sticks on the always pressing podcast and uh you know with sneds you mentioned him playing so much maybe i can get some you know sketcher shoes maybe that's the key you know look like an old man act like an asshole <laughs> things things might go my direction um, yeah, that that golly G Matt that doesn't uh, that doesn't you know, bode too well for him at the moment. No, I think he kind of lost that luster there. I think he needs to go get a hole in one on uh, Sunday again at the Masters and go high five some kids. That might help him out pretty good. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jesse, what do you like in the seven K range? Yeah, Kucher will be chalky, but I I, I just I, love, I would I'm going to play the shit out of him at seventy nine hundred dollars. I mean, the top fifteen is. If he if he didn't top fifteen, I would be surprised. Um, he's playing well, well enough. 
other than Rory, he might be the best player in the world right now. I yeah, mean, this, 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 is what hap- this is what happens <laughs> when Bryson comes out so early. He's playing yeah. fucking ridiculously well. And then, you know, 28th year last year, fourth year before, like Evan said, he did have a fifth back in 2014 and an eighth in 2013 to go with the third in 2012. So, I mean, the guy's been around here enough and knows it well enough and has the finishes to, uh, you know, backdoor top 10, I think at least. Um, so he's going to be popular. I'm not worried about that. Um, and in cash games, you know, that's, I think that's kind of a, he's kind of a shoe in. Um, but that one thing about him too, I mean, I know you guys talking about him being an asshole and, and all that kind of thing. And I, I totally agree with that. Some of the shit that's gone on with him over the last, couple months is is pretty ridiculous but this is the one place where he can go and like not get heckled true wouldn't you agree kevin like nobody's gonna give him shit going around augusta yeah yeah if they're if they're enjoying their time around augusta they, they better behave or right. else they won't make it back <laughs> right they won't make it back and they'll be leaving early i mean so he's yeah. not going to catch any shit around there um it's one of the coolest things about augusta is you know it's not your typical pga tour event where you've got a bunch of yahoo's running around um and everybody watching behind their you know camera phone um or whatever too so it's it's a it's a special place for that but also to like he's just he's not gonna he's not gonna be feeling that this week so he'll he'll be feeling good and i like hooch quite a bit i do like leishman um one of the reasons being is because he actually leads the field in avoiding driving it left um i know that's just one niche stat but it's just something i'm just kind of makes me curious you know last year obviously he was the 36 hole leader i do believe he was up there because, um, you know, he shot two under, five under. So he was seven under going into Saturday, uh, shot 73 and then 70 on the weekend. Um, his best finish, he was ninth, you know, last that, that year. Besides the 2013 fourth place finish, he had a bunch of miscuts in between there, at least two miscuts. Either way, I, I, I will play Leishman this year. I missed out on that last year and I'm got some FOMO on him. I think Sergio is a, a great cash to play again at $7,700 um, with Jan Stenson. I think he's interesting. His form coming in is just like, it's, I just don't know where he's at because um, he's just so up and down. Poulter, if he brings the Medina putter and we hear about it all week, um, I'll, I'll do love him. Um, yeah. You know, last year he was playing, obviously he won last year to get in here. He won the Houston Open yep. And then finished 44th, which is not great. He was 49th in 2016, but he does have a 6th and 15 and a 7th place finish in 2012. So he's top 10 here before. Um, and he's his form coming in this year is better than I believe it was last year. I know coming off the win there, um, that can change kind of things a little bit. Another guy at 7,000 even is Keegan Bradley. Um, as much as I fucking hate to say it, I mean, he's like, you know, we've talked about these bad putters and guys – but I mean, like at seven thousand dollars, it's hard. For, a, it's hard for me to see him missing the cut. Um, I mean, obviously he could. He's Keegan Bradley, but uh, you know, you save a lot of money if you go there. He did have his first miscut in like a shit ton of a you know since the two thousand eighteen U.S. Open last year or last or a couple weeks ago with the Valspar there. So, um, you know, I'm not worried about him missing the cut here. But at seven thousand, that saves you quite a bit of money, and he's kind of the guy that I would look at in that range as far as below 7,500, but, you know, above 6,000 here. So he's my, my, uh, my Chucky three sticks there for, for you guys. So I'm on Keegan a little bit. Yeah. You guys mentioned Kutcher enough. I'm a hundred percent on board with you there. Again, it's like you play Kutcher chalk, you pivot elsewhere. That's, he's so damn good right now. He's really good at this course. And and the beauty of it, unlike some of these other high price guys we talked about, he's 
these top 20 or better, he pays for his price tag. And he's got potential to win this whole damn thing. So there's a lot to like there with the coach. Uh, I do like the leashman caller. Jesse, I was on him last year. I, I heard him talk about it a lot. I've heard his caddy talk about it a lot. They love Augusta. They spend extra time at Augusta. This is a place that Leishman really, really is familiar with. So I think last year wasn't really that much of a fluke. I think we're going to keep seeing him play really well here. I think that's a steal at the $700 price tag, a nice pivot as well. I do like the Sergio call. People will see the miscut last year. They'll forget he had a messed up wrist. Um, prior to that, he's played very, very well here and coming in in very good form. Um, Poulter at 76. I'm 100% on board with you guys. I love some Ian Poulter this week. Big, big fan there. I think one guy that we didn't mention a ton here, uh, T20 here last year, a miscut, T29, T28, is Webb Simpson. The putting has slowly been improving with Webb. I know Kevin's got a soft spot for Webb in his heart. But um, Webb is, is getting better and better. So I think he could be one of the lower-owned kind of leverage plays there at 7,400. And then I'm 100% on board with CH3. We're a big Chucky Three Sticks, or I'm a big Chucky Three Sticks guy. So $7,000 for a player of his magnitude. If you don't have to drop it in the 6K range, get some salary savings there, I'll go to the Three Sticks all day long. All right, let's jump into the 6K range. I'm not going to name them all off. There's a ton of them. There's also a ton of guys down here that are past winners and some like Freddie Couples of the world type guys. Remember, if you're going to build a lineup to win a GPP, most of them aren't coming from down here. Just throwing that out to you right now. Maybe some will. We'll see. Jesse, what do you like in the 6K range? Yeah, there's um, there's some names down here, which I definitely think are playable. I mean, you've got you know Zach Johnson at $6,900. His, his form coming in for me is not really – but I mean, you know, you step on Augusta and you just never know. Zach Johnson could all of a sudden start making everything. And, you know, so it, I think he's decently playable at 6,900. Charlie Hoffman's another guy at 6,800. Obviously, he was not playing good this year at all. He had four straight missed cuts before uh, the Valspar where he finished 18th. And then he finished solo second this past week at the Texas Open. Um, I do think that will drive up his ownership. But at $6,800, again, another guy who I think is very playable. My dude, Kierdeck Appy Barnright at sixty seven hundred dollars. Um, he made the cut on the nose last year, finished fifteenth and ended up finishing forty fourth. Finished fifteenth here in two thousand sixteen, won me a bunch of money. Um, so he just stays in my heart. Um, so I will probably have him on a lap or two. Jimmy Walker's another guy at sixty six hundred. Um, I do think he has the upside to to top twenty here, and that's really all you need out of a guy in this range if you're going to cash. Um, he was 20th year last year, 18th the year before, 29th, 38th, and 8th back in back to 2014. So uh, he had a decent showing this past week at the Texas Open. Don't mind him a bit. I'm going to throw another guy out there who's not in the list yet, but I I might play some Corey Connors this week. Um, I know you guys didn't say you watched much of it. I watched the whole round today. His swing looks good. He plays a nice little baby draw off the tee. Um and I know, I know, obviously, he's coming off a win. He'll be in the 6,000 range, I do believe, probably right, right around the Adam Long, Kevin Tway range, if I was guessing, around $6,400. Um, but I just want to throw that out there that, like, I, I'm i interested in playing Corey Connors this week coming off the win. As good as he looked last this past week, he hit a lot of greens. He made a lot, a lot of birdies this past week. Um, so he's got to be feeling good about his game and not having a whole lot of pressure just go out and play some, you know, play some golf at Augusta National and see what happens. Um I don't mind him a bit, and so I, I will play some Corey Connors when they throw him in there, whatever his price is. There's no, there's no pressure playing at Augusta National, none at all. I'm, well, just, I'm just saying. I'm just, I know I'm just saying he's locked up his tour card for you know a couple of years, years, and so yeah. you know he's going to be able to come in and 
you know, hopefully bring that same swing that he had this past week. And, uh, you know, I, I think it will work well at Augusta. I like it. What do you like down here in the 6K range, Kevin? Yeah, I'm a big Charlie Hoffman guy. I played him a bunch this week at Valero. And, uh, you know, kind of perfect storm for him. He's been playing terrible all year. And he gets to a course that he's won at before and he's had some success at. And all of a sudden, he, well, he finished solo second. Yep. 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 And, and now he comes to Augusta where um, he's had some pretty good success. You know, 2015 tied ninth. Last year tied 12th with a couple uh, mid-20s in between. Um, another place where he can he can stay healthy and, and play well. So I, I do like Charlie. I wish he didn't play as well as he did over the weekend, and, and people notice that. But um, when I come down in this area, I'm going Charlie Hoffman. I'm going Kiz. Um, Kiz has also played well down here in his couple appearances, um, well enough to, to make it worth you know, rostering a guy at 6,700. Made the cut the last three years. and. Um, other than that, Jimmy Walker's had some success. That's kind of an interesting name that you wouldn't expect to play great around there. Although he's a, a fairly high ball hitter and, and can, uh, you know, launch it onto the right portions of the green to make sure he, he avoids as many three putt opportunities as possible. Uh, the last two years, tied 20th, tied 18th, the tied eighth in 2014, made his last five cuts here. So that that's a guy I'll probably have some. Um, other than that, I probably won't be in this area much at all. I can't see many guys in here um, that'll win you a bunch of money. Yeah, that, that's the biggest thing. Like we talked about a second ago in that 7K range. You, like, if you're going up top, top, you're going to have to possibly go down here if you want to stay in the middle as well. So it'll be inter- interesting to see how the roster constructions build. Uh, a couple guys I'm looking at, I do like the Hoffman call. I wish, like you did, he didn't play well. But we're talking about Hoffman, or Hoffman's course history at Augusta. Well, he had that great course history at Valero, and it showed. So. Definitely a guy that we've seen in other tournaments in his career. When course history comes into play, Charlie shows up. Him and his waste management lid make it happen. Um, I'm with the guys on Jimmy Walker. I think that's very interesting. Uh, Kisner, the George boy, does play really well here, as you mentioned. So I don't like, I don't mind him at all. Sucks he's coming off that win at the match play to kind of get people's attention at 67. Um, I'm going to go back to. I was on him big this week. He shit the bed on Sunday, but Sibu came at 67 as my attention again. When he made his first appearance here two years ago, missed cut. But then the second time through, T24 here last year. We know Siwoo can be tilting as hell because he can go off the reservation. But when he contends, he contends. So if a guy coming from down here is going to get you a T20, maybe even a T10, I could see Siwoo making a little bit of noise here at $6,700. And the only other guy I want, because I'm talking like driving accuracy, but he's made four or seven cuts here. Didn't play last year, missed cut in uh, 17. And a T55, a T12 is Kevin Na at 6500 coming in pretty good form with the T5 at the Valspar. So um, not at that price point gets my attention. But it, it is an ugly range. It's a range you're going to have to go to if you want to get crazy up top and still get some other guys in the 8s and the 9Ks. But if you want to get a little more balanced, you can stay away from here and definitely see guys contend, like Kevin said, to, to make things happen. All right, before we get into some more finite questions, let's just do a quick recap again. Up in the 10K range, just give me the one guy you would have up here, Kevin. I'm going one guy in the 10K range right now. Give me, uh, give me Justin Rose. Jesse, uh, be Rory McIlroy. For me, it'd be Justin Rose as well. If we go just one guy in the 9K range, Kevin, who you got? Give me Paul Casey. Yeah, I'm with you on Paul Casey. Jesse, you gonna deviate from your man? <laughs> I mean, it's really close between him and Fleetwood. 
you're two guys, yes. Um, okay. <laughs> um, 8K range, not named Jordan Spieth. Who you got, Jesse? Uh, give me Bubba. All right. What about you, Kevin? Yeah, we didn't talk much about Bubba at all, but that's a very intriguing play for sure. Um, I will have some Bubba, but one if I was just going to play one guy in this range, um, I'd go Adam Scott, not named Jordan Spieth. Yeah, I know I'm going to take the, the the short way out here. Um, it depends on ownership, but whoever's lower on between Matsuyama and Scott would be my one guy. That's where I'd go that direction. Um, in the 7K range, give me two guys, Kevin. Well, I think, not named uh, Matt think, Kuchar. Not named well, Matt I, I was going to go directly to Kuch, but I, yeah. I won't do that. Um, you know, I might, I'm, I would probably go with uh, with Stenson and Poulter right here back-to-back. I like that quite a bit. What about you, Jesse? Uh, yeah, be Leishman and Poulter. Yeah, I'll go uh, I'll go Leish and Poulter as well. Those would be the two guys I'd be targeting. And if you had to have one punt below 7K on the 6K range, Kevin, who are you looking at? For me, it's Hoffman. Um, and, and the one thing about Hoffman, too, is, you know, a lot of times when you play cash games, you can find a guy who has such good course history that, that in my opinion, is uh, mispriced due to his course history. He's a guy that you can take in a cash lineup and then just load up on another big name. 100% agree. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, I mean, I agree 100%. Like, it's it's Hoffman in this range, and it's pretty not even really close with the other guys. But, I mean, Kiradek is the GPP play. For sure, for sure. I'll go Hoffman as well in that realm. Okay, before we get to our picks to win, I have a couple of questions. Since both of you guys have been to Augusta, and I want to get your opinions between these. Just We can talk DraftKings related and just overall related. We'll go Kevin, then Jesse. Do you, will you be playing any first-timers this year at Augusta, Kevin? Um, as of now, on Sunday evening, no. Jesse? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not seeing anybody at this point that like sticks out that I just – really want to try to jam in. Um, Kevin, when we're building lineups, you said you didn't really want to get in the 6K range, and I, I totally understand why. Um, without giving away all your secrets to your model, um, what type of lineup build are you looking at right now? Well, I think we've talked about some of that, that 8K range. You could build so many good balanced lineups. You know, if you went um, – even with Jesse's guys, Leishman and Poulter, and build around those two guys, you can load up with some guys at the top of the lineup that will be so good. I, I think find, you know, the one or two guys you really like at the top and then just being balanced the rest of the way through. What about you, Jesse? What was the question again? Um, looking at this initial, like, look through on DraftKings, what kind of lineup build are you going to be focusing around? Like, oh, stars and um, balance, stuff like that. I think I'll go both. Like, so obviously – I, you know, it, and sitting here on Sunday night, it's hard for me not to see Rory, DJ, or, or Rose winning this. I mean, so like trying to fit those guys in, you have to go stars and scrubs, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it it'll be a combo. It's just it's hard to say for sure. I mean, it'll probably be a lot of different ways because I'll you know it's Sunday night and I'll start building lineups tomorrow, Tuesday, and then I'll have a thousand before the you know things over. <laughs> All right, Kevin. If if what what number one thing if you can only do one thing if you're a first timer going to Augusta what would you tell them to do? I've done it every time I've gone just because it's so special. You walk in and first of all you walk in you you pass the merchandise stand on the right you get to the big scoreboard with all the flying and you're kind of in the middle of the first fairway. Walk back behind 
the first tee and then just walk the entire golf course one through 18. It's a, it's an astonishing walk. Um, you can get a beer when you first walk in, walk one, two, three, get a beer, <laughs> walk four, five, six, get a beer, Sounds walk good. seven, yeah, walk seven, eight, nine, get a beer and, and a few sandwiches along the way. But uh, <laughs> you, you've got to walk the entire golf course. There's, there's no point in getting there and rushing down to Amen Corner. You've got to see the entire place. I like it. Jesse, as, Jesse, as someone that's been there as well, what's the one thing you'd recommend people do? I mean, I, I agree with, with Kevin there. It, it Back behind five, though, there's a nice little shopping area um, where you can basically spend every dollar you have in your bank account within about five minutes and not even realize you did it. Um, so heading back there is, I, I think, a cool little spot to, to be. Uh, but I, I agree with Kevin, man. You got to see the whole golf course. Like, it's um, – it's such a special place. It's just, it, it, it's, it's hard to describe how cool the place is. I mean, it literally is like, I can't put it into words. You just got to go and see it. I mean, if you get the chance to go 100% go. And like Kevin said, walk every single, and your feet will, will fucking hurt afterwards. Mine always do, <laughs> but just walk. Cause it's hilly. Just walk the whole thing and just see the every, as much as you possibly can take it all in. Yeah, I, f- I feel you guys there because, like, I go to Pebble every year, and even when I walk in the first time each year, I'm, I'm, I'm still in awe of how awesome the place is. And then I hear guys like yourselves and others talk about Augusta, and I'm sitting there going, yeah, I must be missing something because I need to go out there and check it out. But, um, yeah, I, I say that for any term. I go walk the course, but uh, I can only imagine at Augusta. Um, Kevin, you mentioned the beers. You mentioned some sandwiches. We always know that, that people will tweet out, like, you know, Darren Ravel will come through with a nice picture of the menu with the price points. <laughs> If you had to order, if you had to order one thing to eat, we'll stick with food. One thing, what would you recommend? No, I love the egg salad sandwich down there. There we go. I was wondering because it's, it's, it's egg salad, it's pimento and cheese, and a couple other things. So egg salad is for you. Jesse, yeah, the what, egg salad. The egg salad makes for an interesting ride home with a bunch of guys in the I, car, though. I was wondering between all the beers and the egg salads, <laughs> that's gonna get a little sporty in there. <laughs> Uh, Jesse, what would be your one food item at the course? Yeah, it's egg salad. I'm I'm, I'm not a pimento cheese guy, and so you know if if I'm gonna do it, it's egg. But that's like so cool too because everything is so cheap. That's one thing Kevin didn't mention. It's like what is it, like two fifty for a beer or something? Yeah, yeah. You can you can uh, uh, you can save your cups. Save your cups. Yeah. I'm still drinking from 2015 Masters cups. <laughs> that's outstanding. I'm, I'm jealous because yeah, Pebble's not that cheap. Um, all right, we'll get a little back more on the, on the serious side of things here. Kevin, what score do you think wins this thing this year? They're, I think they're due to get a, a fair amount of rain Monday, Tuesday, so the place could soften up a little bit. Um, like I said, they, they can control the the, um, the score pretty well at Augusta because of the sub airs. I would, I would say uh, this year the wing score is going to be 12 under. What say you, Jesse? I say... I think 12 under is pretty good. You know, I mean, it, I just, it, it, it really depends on how difficult they want to make it. Um, it's supposed to be a little bit of rain. So it might soften it up just a, a touch. And if so, then scores will be a little bit lower, but yeah, I mean, I think it just, just barely over the, the 10 under range there. All right. Let's get to the point where everybody wants to know, Kevin, give me your pick to win and give me kind of one long shot as well. Yeah, so I'll tell you that um, so far uh, I have bet Rory Day, Rose, and Tiger to win. Um, I've said it all along that Rose is my guy this year. 
I'd love to see Roy put on the jacket, but uh, my one to win it is just as uh, is Rose. Um, okay, the yeah, long... Rose, Rose is at sixteen to one. Who's your long shot? Uh, long shot. Um... I'd love to say speed. I know he's not much of a long shot, but it would be such a cool story to see him win it with uh, the struggles he's going through. Yeah, it would be it would be crazy to see him win it with all this going on here. Uh, Jesse, who do you have winning this? Give me a long shot. Yeah, I mean, I would uh, Rory would be my guy. That's you know the of the favorites or whatever. 6. I think 5 this is to one. Yeah, I mean it's not bettable, but it's the one thing about a lot of these uh, majors is you can kind of catch some guys after the first or second round if they have a bad round and you know you can get them a little bit better price um did that last year with with brooks at the u.s open i think i got him at 80 to one after the first round or something like that so anyways uh rory up top for me and then more of the long shot guy is gonna be leishman we can get leishman at 45 to one i like it i like it kutcher's 45 to one as well um for me, I'll go Rosie at sixteen to one. That Cooch price does stand out stand out quite a bit. If I'm going to go super or not super, but more of a long shot, I don't know what why I'm thinking this. I don't know if it's because Kevin's on the pot or not, but uh, give me some Webb Simpson at eighty to one. I think that's kind of yeah, interesting. Poulter's eighty to one as well. So those are kind of interesting odds as we look at it here on a Sunday. As things will change throughout the week, as more Pat Mayo podcasts come out and lines change, all that fun stuff. But um, that wraps us up, gentlemen. We have the Masters this week. Any closing thoughts, Kevin, like uh, what you got? You know, you're posting your picks all the time. You uh, we got the one-and-done picks. But what's, what's your thoughts on the Masters? Closing thoughts for people. I think it's really kind of the start to the true golf season, really. I know they moved the players up earlier this year, and it's great having it in March. Um, but really, it's kind of the start to the country having their golf season. You know, it, it's true what they say. It's a tradition unlike any other. It's uh, it's so cool to have a major that goes back to the same course year after year. It, it's so exciting. Uh, it's it's one of those things where uh, you watch every shot and you don't mind watching the rerun when it, when it gets dark outside. Even though golf's over, it's it's still a cool spot to watch uh, extra golf from Augusta. So uh, it, it's just um, as a golf professional, it, it's my favorite time of the year and. Uh, I can't wait for it to get started. Awesome. What about you, Jesse? Final thoughts? Yeah, it's the uh, it, it's it's the best golf tournament of the year, in my opinion, as well. And, and like Kevin said, it kicks off the golf season, especially for us. You know, I know Kevin's North Carolina, I'm in Kentucky. It's in the South or the Upper South, whatever. You know, we're just getting this is like springtime, so we're actually starting to play golf. So it makes just it just makes things more exciting and. Um, it's a lot of fun to watch. There's really good coverage as well on, you know, all week you get feature groups, uh, you'll get, uh, the holes, um, amen corner and that kind of thing. You can even watch guys on the range. Uh, it's just, it's a blast. And like I said, if you ever get the chance to go, like do not turn it down. Yeah. Uh, direct TV does it well. They do the full coverage, all the channels, really good stuff there, but, uh, it's going to be awesome. It is a great tournament to watch. It's one of those where, some people sneak out early for the uh, March Madness. I kind of sneak out early to go watch the Masters from work. Uh, it, it's a great, great time and a great uh, venue to watch. Like, literally, like you guys said, it's they call it traditional like any other for a reason. Like it, it's pretty, pretty damn awesome. So we look, Jesse and I, we've been looking forward to this for a long time. We talked about it a while ago to get Kevin on. We're glad Kevin could join us. Like it, this is a 
it's a big deal. It's, it's a really, really awesome golf tournament. So go check it out. Go check out Kevin on Twitter at Kevin's Delight. Lots of good stuff all the time over there with Kevin and the Junkies Leagues and all the other stuff he's got going on over there. Uh, Jesse's on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. I'm at BD Entrick. Um, and go check out uh, at Fantasy DGens on Twitter, Fantasy Sports DGens. We'll have our one and done picks every week. Kevin's a part of that. And we have that free Slack chat where guys are always chatting it up in there. Kevin drops in his notepad once in a while with, with his humdingers. So, uh, <laughs> so, so come check all that out. It's awesome, awesome stuff. But, Kevin, thanks for joining us again, man. We really, really appreciate it. No, no, thank you guys so much for having me. It's, it's great to have met you guys since we started this thing, uh, I guess, three or four years ago now. It's been awesome. Bubba, just one thing, be careful on that seaweed deal. Check out uh, his rib issue that he had toward the end of the round. Make sure you don't roster too much of him if he's injured. I appreciate that. I was golfing today, so I did not see a damn thing. That yeah, makes sense I, why he shit the bed. I'm, well, no, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. How, yeah, but I, I forgot to mention, I was going to say something, then we moved on. And anyways, he was grabbing his, Siwoo was grabbing his rib cage, and I'm sure that that will be talked about plenty this week. So you'll see it. Good to know. Well, everybody, this was the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast previewing the 2000 Masters. Hope you guys have a good one. If you have any questions, hit us up. We'll catch you guys later. Oh,